0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, we're going to continue, actually conclude this, this series that we've been doing on prayer and fasting. And I'm going to ask the sound guys if you would just turn me down just, just a little bit. I, I, w- I would appreciate that. Today we are going to conclude prayer and fasting that we've been talking about. I want you to turn to John chapter 4, verse 3. Today I'm going to be preaching out of chapter 6 of my latest book. It's called Into the Deep. It's called Purposes, Plans, and Passion. Purposes, Plans, and Passion. You can buy this book for only $20. It's actually more cost-effective to purchase it in the lobby. And uh, you can go on Amazon, and you can get it there. And I'm just so excited! It just came out on ebook for Kindle for those of you Kindle people, and so you can you can get it on that. Really excited about that, and I hope that it helps. You say, Pastor Phil, what, you know, are you just here to sell a book? Actually, I'm not. I'm selling this to you because I actually believe in this. I, I wrote it because I believe in it, and it works. And these truths work. Can I hear a good amen today? John chapter 4, verse 3, as you're you're turning there, I've entitled today Purposes, Plans, and Passion. I want to ask you a question. Uh, Would you say that you're living with passion? Would you say that you're living with passion? Let me ask you another question. I want to ask this. If I were to ask your friends what you were passionate about, here's what I want to know. If their answer would line up with your answer. Right? If you were to say, oh, yeah, I, I know. I know, Joe. Yeah, he's passionate about the Chargers, and you're like, I'm passionate about God. Well, uh, there's two, uh, they, they know more about you about being a fan of the Chargers than they do about the Lord. And I just wonder if you're living or you feel like you are a passionate person. You know, passion gets you excited. All right. Good message for today. Nobody's passionate in here. That's why God is having me. Do this. I said, Passion gets you excited. Passion gets you excited. As a matter of fact, it gets you so excited, you actually start to feel strongly about things. You find yourself talking about it all the time. Passionate people are talking. You find yourself arguing about it and reading about it, working on it. And here's the thing nobody's making you do it. It's just coming from passion. Come on, somebody say, Passion. You know the the the, de- the definition of uh, passion in the Webster's dictionary says this: it's defined as fervor, enthusiasm. Oh God, may we have some enthusiasm in your house, zeal, meaning, intense emotion, compelling action. It's not just emotion; it's an action, right? I like to say it this way: passion is love visualized. You can see what people are passionate about. It's love personified. I like to say it this way. Passion brings love to life. That's why you watch the movie of the Passion of the Christ. You can see passion in action. In real life, Jesus on the cross. It's it's amazing. And I love that we serve a passionate God. He's passionate about you. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, he's passionate about me. And I love learning about Jesus because I believe in this story in John chapter 4. I believe we can learn a lot about living passionately by following Jesus' example. In John chapter 4, there's a story. It's a famous story. It's one of my favorite stories in the New Testament. It's the story of the woman at the well. Maybe um, some of you have 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 heard this before. Jesus meets her. But I just want to highlight some of the aspects of this story because I think it's going to help us see how Jesus lived full of passion because he was fulfilling his purpose and following God's plan, the plan that God, his father, God the father had for for him as the son. And I think we have to understand that our purpose and God's plans and our passions are all connected. Let me say that again. We have to understand that our purpose that God has for us, the plans that he has for our lives, are and our passion are all connected. John chapter four, verse three. It says, he, Jesus, left Judea, and departed again into Galilee. And he said, he must needs go through Samaria. So Jesus said, I have to go to Samaria. Now, if you were to look on a map, you would know that um, Judea, can go through Samaria to get to Galilee. He needed to go to Galilee, but he actually said, no, I need to go to Samaria. And to be honest with you, it is a shorter route to go through Samaria to get to Galilee, but here's the thing. Uh, Jesus had to break through some culture barriers if he was going to go through Samaria because I will tell you this, the Samaritans and Jews didn't like each other, right? They're like cowboy fans and everybody else. Come on, somebody. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching about you. So in order for him, he could have took the easier way out, went around, but he went through knowing that there is tension and that there would be conflict. Aren't you grateful that God doesn't always take the road less traveled? He will go through and cut through barriers to get to people. Jesus will cut through a culture barrier because of one woman, because Jesus was passionate about a person who was hungry. I want to tell you something. Jesus is going to break through this culture barrier for one woman. He's, he, one woman. he's literally willing to take on a tough situation because he's passionate about people. If you're taking notes, write this down. Passion is always produced by purpose. Purpose. Why was Jesus willing to take the tougher route more than the easier one? You know why? Because he said, this is my purpose. I love what he said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He said, for the son of man came to seek and save those that are lost. You know, this word seek actually means crave. In the Greek, he said, I crave to be around people who are hungry. I crave to be around people who want to change. If you've ever been around a pregnant woman and there's cravings, cravings cause you to move. Can I hear a good amen today? Or at least it'll cause the husband to move for the wife. Crave. I wonder what you crave. I really do. I wonder on the inside of you, what do you really crave. But see, his purpose would produce such a passion that it would override all of the awkwardness and whatever repercussions of going through Samaria would produce. It didn't matter. He had more passion than than just going saying, oh, well, this is going to be awkward. No, I have too much passion. If it's awkward, that's all right. I'm going to press through. Say, I'm going to press through today. But I think one of the ways that you can evaluate if you're living for God's purpose, is to look at your life and say, where's the level of my passion? I think passion's so attractive. We'll pay a lot of money to see a passionate entertainer, someone who will give their all, and they walk off the stage, and they're sweating, and we just sensed passion. People who will, will, will be experts in their craft We love that. Why? Because it shows their passion. But you need to understand something. Passion is produced by purpose. And what I want to do in 2024 is I want to bring this church back to its original name, Passion Life Church. Not Passive Life Church, but Passion Life Church. Because I think we've come to a place where a lot of us have become real passive. And you know what? When you have passion, it is seen. You know, this fired me up. I saw a picture and I don't mean to, to just, you know, quote or have you view the Pittsburgh Steelers because I like them. But there was a game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and I will admit we lost against the Buffalo Bills and there was tons of snow. Look at, look at this picture. Look, look at this picture online. Look at the fans. All right. These are people who bought tickets, right? For the game and they are clearing off the snow so they can sit They're behind down in a freezing cold snow to watch a game. And you know what the purpose is? They actually think that if they sit in that seat and yell that they're going to help their team win. But when you're passionate, snow won't stop you. And you know why it won't stop them? Because they actually have seed in the ground. They have seed invested in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know what the tragedy is? Not one of the Pittsburgh Steelers will know these people's names. It doesn't matter. They don't care. They're going to play their game. But you know what? These people wouldn't miss it for the world. You know why? Because they are passionate about a purpose. Then you know what is so sad? In three years, we won't even know or remember who won the Super Bowl or even if they won this game. But you know what? They are invested. Why? Because they made a decision. Because, see, passion is a decision before it's an emotion. You choose where your treasure is, and then your heart will follow. And it's interesting to me that when I see this picture, it fires me up, because in 30 years of ministry, I have people say, well, you know, I wasn't there last Sunday because it was raining, it was, you know, so I just, I just kind of stayed home. You don't have passion. You don't have passion. You become passive. Because when you're passionate, rain won't stop you from getting to the house of God when you love Him. I know, I know. And I, this is going to be, I, I want to wake you up. We need to be woken up today. Because I want to have a church that lives up to his name, Passion Life Church. That when the countdown goes on, people are in here clapping and ready to worship God. What does God have for me today? I need a miracle today. Not walking in with our coffee and, oh, it's 10 minutes late. Give me a break. And you're passionate? But I'll tell you what, if you have tickets to a game and it doesn't matter if you got home at 1 o'clock and you in the morning and you have tickets to a game at SoFi Stadium, guess what? Your butt's getting up, and you're going to drive three hours to get at a game which you paid $400 to sit in the nosebleed. You ain't missing it. You know why? Because you're more passionate about football than you are the things of God. I am going to preach. You know why? Because it's those same people who come to me and say, Pastor Phil, I need prayer. No, you need a purpose and a passion. You cannot pray away stupid. I was thinking about doing a whole series, Wisdom, Setting the Stupid Free. Don't give, but you'll pay $400 to go here, and then you're like, Phil, I need a financial miracle. No, you need wisdom. You need passion. You need a purpose. What are you doing? And then we were at home like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I know what's going on. You don't have your priorities set. you got to put God first. Listen, I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody who goes to games. I've gone to games, but it doesn't come first in my life. And I'll tell you what, I see that. I'm staying home. I love the Steelers, but I'm staying home, but they're not. But I just wonder sometimes how easy we make it for the devil. It's drizzling outside, and we're like, what? And you're going to see a victory in your life, but you can't get up out of bed? Come on, somebody. I'm trying to raise up a church that the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against, a passionate church. Because here's here's another goal. Can I just tell you something? My goal is this. My goal is that when the world walks in here, right, and they look around, they go, what's going on in here? These people, what are they passionate about? There's a countdown on the screen. No, it's not about the countdown. You know what it's about? We love Jesus, and we believe he's going to move in this place, and we're going to see miracles during the worship. Even before the word is preached, God is going to do a lot in our lives. Come on, somebody. Where's your level of passion? Seriously. What, what, what are you passionate about? And I'm going to say this. If you're not, you got to check your purpose because everything Jesus did was in line with his purpose. And the reason why our passion fades is because we lose vision of the purpose of why we're actually on this earth. You are not on this earth to just exist and take in air. You are on the earth to make a difference and make an eternal impact with your life. Can I hear a good amen today? I love this story in John chapter four, verse, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because I'm not going to apologize for my passion. You know why I'm not going to apologize for my passion today? Because people's lives are at stake. Some people are li- are standing between the living and the dead. And we're playing church. We are. A lot of us are just, it's just, and I made a decision 2024. I am not just going to go through the motions. I'm going to be present and I'm going to get everything that God has for my life this year. Nothing is going to bypass that in Jesus' name. I would invite you to come with me, but I can tell you for the history of the Bible, not everybody goes. Listen to tomorrow's devotional, 6 at 30 a.m. How many people got their mountain, got their promise, but the people they thought were going to be with them weren't there anymore? Why? Because they lost their purpose. They lost their passion. And this story in John chapter four is so incredible because we're talking about fasting and you know what happens is the disciples go to get food. Remember, Jesus is going through Samaria and he sees this woman, and I'm gonna paraphrase for the sake of time today, but she's at the well drawing water. But what's interesting is the timing that she is drawing this water. They don't Women didn't usually draw water during the day, but she was literally hiding. And we know if you read the story because she had a problem with men. She had had six husbands, six. And so she probably was hiding and actually drawing water during the day because she didn't want to be around some of the women because she probably has stole their husband's. And so she's drawing water. But how many of you know you can be and hide and do that, but God knows right where you're at. Jesus knows right where you're at. And what she didn't know was there was a well that was coming to her that would quench her thirst. Yeah. And so what happened was is she's drawing it during the day, and Jesus sits and he talks to a Samaritan woman. And as he begins to talk to her, he asks her where her husband is, I love Jesus because he doesn't, he doesn't point the finger. You know what he does? He always just asks simple questions. So where is your husband? And she says, you know what? I don't have a husband. I have six husbands. Now listen, this is so important because her thirst her, her thirst for love caused her to fill her life with men. Now I'm going to tell you something. All of us can be this way in some way. You just have to change the blanks. Your thirst for blank caused you to fill your life with blank. Let me say that again, right? It says you, you, uh, you, your thirst for blank can cause you to fill your life with blank. But here's the reality. She had a spiritual thirst that she tried to fill by physical means. I want to say that again. She had a spiritual thirst that she tried to fill by physical means. My church family, not every hunger is a physical hunger. She had a hunger, but she didn't know she was thirsty for spiritual things. Can I hear a good amen? So six husbands, but here's the reality. Can can you get this? Check this out. Six husbands. Jesus comes on on the scene. Jesus becomes the seventh man in her life. You know what seven in the Bible means? Seven means the perfection. Jesus is about to complete her. She meets the man that is going to give her something spiritually to supply for what she's looking for physically. You know what's amazing to me is that one encounter with Jesus drinking from the well of living water she she talks with Jesus. Jesus tells her, ministers to her. She actually goes back to the town and tells all of the town, hey, I met a man. And I bet you they're like, "Ah, uh, yeah, I bet you have. No, I met a man. And you know what? He has told me everything about me. Do you know that Jesus had to literally, he stayed three or four more days outside of his plan because the whole city erupted because one lady started to drink of living water changed a whole city. She literally leaves her vase. And what happens is she's so stirred by the city. By, she's so stirred by what Jesus does that she goes to the city and he, and Jesus stays there a couple more days. Now, now here's where I want to get to. The disciples come back. The disciples are perplexed. Why is Jesus even talking to this girl? She's a Samaritan. The disciples come out back with food. And this is what they tell Jesus. Jesus, you, you haven't eaten. You need to eat. Say it twice. You need to eat. And listen to Jesus' response. Jesus says something so powerful. I hope you get this. John 4:34. He says, Jesus says to them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me to accomplish his purpose. Just real quick, I just want to apologize to all the vegetarians here. Jesus did say my meat. So just he said it. I just want, just want to let you know. My meat, everybody say meat. This is what it means in the Greek text. It means this, it means my nourishment. And my substance is to do the will of him who sent me. So Jesus is there and he is being nourished by God's spirit. And it's so fulfilling, listen to this, that his physical desires are no longer dictating his nourishment. I pray that this would happen this year, that you get so focused on God's will and having his spirit being moved inside of you that your physical senses no longer dictate your life. He totally missed a meal because he was so enthralled in ministering to somebody. He actually told the disciples, that ministered to me more. It actually nourished me more than physical food does. See, nourishment of the Spirit will supersede physical appetites. Write that down. Nourishment on the Spirit will supersede our physical appetites. Listen, what did Jesus say? He said stuff like this all the time. Listen, man cannot live by what? Bread alone. He's not just talking about carbs. He's talking about physical food. You can't just live in the physical realm of your senses. Can I hear a good amen today? So when Jesus was talking to this war, girl, he said stuff like this to her. He says, listen, there's going to come a time God is looking for people who will worship in spirit and in truth. Why is that? You are not just a body walking around. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you have a body. You have senses. Hear me. The real you is a spirit. The real you, I've done tons of funeral. I've seen a bunch of people without their spirit and it's just a dead body. But the spirit comes first. Come on, say, I am a spirit. This is why when you worship, it can't just be lyrics that are coming from your mouth. It has to be your heart and your spirit singing from inside. Why? Because you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. But see, here's what most of us do. Most of us live by everything our body and our senses want and our soul. And we put and prioritize our spirit last. That's why Jesus said this. He says, my words are spirit and life. You're going to worship in spirit and in truth. Can I just be honest with you? You need both of them. Because see, I've met a lot of Christians. They're about truth. Truth, 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 truth. We preach the truth. Yeah. But you know what? Do you know anything about the spirit? Because when you have truth, 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 you're dry and boring, right? Right? That's why he said we have to do spirit and truth. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the spirit people, right? They're just, we just want to worship for 20 hours, and we just, we don't, we're not going to pay our bills, and we're going to, yeah, I know, that's good, but it's weird. So you need spirit and what? Truth. That's why Jesus said my words aren't just truth, they're spirit and they're life. Because the life of the spirit, when you start living that way, it's a total different life. You know why? Because your senses don't dictate what happens in your life. Here we go. Come on. Encourage me today. Are you ready? I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway then. Your spirit is not anxious. Your mind is. Your spirit is not depressed. Your senses are. So you know what we do? I'm anxious. I know why you're anxious, because you don't live by the spirit. You live by your senses. You so reinforce everything you feel and everything you sense, and that's why you're anxious. But you know what? Your spirit is not anxious. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, and he's not anxious. Why are you telling me this? So you can overcome anxiety. But we are so, and we so reinforce everything we feel, everything we sense, and then we're just like, you know, this is all going on. I know, that's why you have to be spirit-led and not sense or soul-led. Come on, somebody. That's why I'm talking to you today because this is why we've been doing the fast. Because you know what the fast does? The fast says, listen, physical appetites, no, you will not rule me. I'm going to pray instead. What is that? That's a discipline that you're not going to let your senses rule your life because feelings are fickle. Feelings come and they go all the time. But you know what? Your spirit is the same. It's immovable. Come on, somebody. You know, that's why the Bible says this in Isaiah he says, he will keep in perfect peace those whose mind has stayed on him. Watch, your spirit is at peace. Your mind may not be, but your spirit is at peace. That's why wherever you, you put your mind, you have to put your mind where the spirit is, and then you'll have peace. But I'm just telling you, my church family, I've been pastoring for 30 years and people who are supposed to be filled with the spirit, spirit led, don't prioritize the spirit of God. They prioritize their senses. And so we live our whole life. Go to the doctor. Hey, I have anxiety. Okay, cool. Here's this pill. You know what you need? This is dumb, but it works. It's the God's pill. And so Jesus is so fulfilled doing the will of God. He totally, his physical senses don't dictate. And I want to tell you what happens. It is a fulfillment. It is such a fulfillment. You know, my wife and I, were doing this fast as well. And we're praying. And man, it's amazing what you can do without. It's amazing how God can, his spirit is really in you. But most people prioritize their senses. Why don't feel like that today? You know, I'm not going to go, you know, I just, I just feel, why don't you believe and start to on what you believe instead of what you feel. Maybe you'll live a powerful life, and the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. Come on, mortal body, get up. Come on. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, listen, if he can raise Jesus from the dead, he can get you out of bed. Come on. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen? I know. My my wife and I last night, I got home at 1 o'clock in the morning because we have decided this is what we're going to do for 2024. We are going to position ourselves for possession of everything that God has for us. That means, if you've been watching the devotionals, Jesus said, if you abide in me, you remain in me, that means to be present. I want to be present in the presence of the Lord, not distracted. I want to give it all. I'm not going to go through the emotions this year. I'm just not. I want everything, everything God has for me. I'm just telling you that. So when you start seeing things happen, don't get mad at me, but I'm going to do what God's calling me to do. So with that said, we have four conferences we're going to be a part of before March. This Friday night, uh, my cousin was in Los Angeles doing a revival and Val's birthday was... uh, Yesterday, and so would you give her a great round of applause? She officially turned 30, so we're really excited. And so I asked her, I said, "So what, what? do you want to do? I mean, it's your birthday, you know." Uh, she said, "Let's let's go. Let's be in the presence of the Lord." Let's. She got off of work, and I don't talk when I say revival service. I'm not talking about 75 minute services. Every service was three hours. An hour almost worship, preaching people being delivered, people come in on oxygen, take the oxygen off and walk out, that kind of stuff. I want to see that stuff. I want to be in that stuff, right? And so, yeah, we're uh, positioning ourselves. It's our birthday. And, uh, you know, so we're just like, all right, let's see what God will do. And it's amazing, when you position yourself, God will put you in the most amazing places. You know, we found ourselves during lunch, there happened to be a, Again, I don't mean to emphasize meat today, but it is in the Bible. So we went to a Brazilian steakhouse. We're sitting there in Beverly Hills going, how do we even get in here? You know what? We came to a revival, and now it was one of the best birthdays she ever had. Great. Went to the night service, preaching. And in this preaching, it's a little different. People are accustomed to standing up and cheering, kind of like what you do for football or won't do for God. But you know what I'm talking about. Preaching, when there's a good word, get up, yeah, right? And so there's preaching, and the minister called her out, gave her a supernatural prophecy. How's that for a birthday present? Oh, it doesn't end there. The next night, my son, and what do you do with your son? He sits in there. I don't care even if he has his iPad. He's sitting in there because you know what he is a spirit before he is a body and it all comes in. It all goes in even if he's on his little iPad. But now he's 13, he's accustomed. He sat in two uh three services that were 3 hours long. Well, you know what happened last night? It was it was amazing. So the minister's preaching and my son liked what the minister said, and he got up in his section, he started clapping. He was the only one in the section that was clapping. The minister was so drawn to his hunger, he grabbed my son by the, by the hand and began to prophesy over his life. How's that for a birthday present? That would change the trajectory of a 13-year-old boy's life. But you know what? We had to drive. Got back late. And can I tell you this? When we were exiting, got a word from the Lord about this church, and spoke over that this buying this new building, getting this, it's going to be one of the easiest things that God will ever do for us. And the burden is not going to be on us. Come on, right? Isn't that what He said in Jesus' name? And I, man, I said thank you, Lord. And that's what He said at the end of the meeting. We were leaving, right? We we're going to leave because we have, we have we have church. And so we're leaving, and a gentleman knocks on me. He just says, hey, hey, uh, what, what is your name? I said, my name is Phil. And, you know, he's like, are you the one with the that's going to have the new building? I said, yes, we are. We're not saying if, we're saying when. And he says, well, good. He says, you know, as, as, as he was praying for you, I, I said, what is your name? He said, my name is so-and-so. And he's uh he's like, I'm from Orange County. And I, I was like, I love Orange County. And so anyway, and then he says, hey, I just want to let you know, God put it on my heart that we're going to sow a seed into this building for you. And I said, I love people from Orange County. I, I really really do because they have money and our building is going to need money yes, it's going to need money 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 I'm not afraid to say it God's not dropping chairs out of heaven we're, we're going to buy them and not from Sam's Club we're going to buy nice chairs. Hey you good amen we need a new sound system and we're not using Bluetooth. Pastor Phil, I have some Bluetooth, you know, they can connect. No, 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 we, we want the best sound system because it's, we want to lift up our best praise for God. For God. Well, the, you know, the church don't need a good sound system. The sound system ain't for you, it's for him. Because we're going to give him everything, the best. And he said, hey, I want to, uh, we're going to sow a seed, give him all our information, and said, hey, here you go. Got in last night, 1 o'clock, was here about 8.30 church why because i'm going to position myself for whatever god has for our lives because i'm passionate about it and see some of us will do certain things for certain <laughs> events and we won't do it for the lord i'm so happy that my wife if she would have said i don't want to go we'll do, man i would honor her we would have went somewhere else and i'm not against you celebrating your birthday however you want to but I'm just trying to get to a point today where I think there's still too much of us in our lives and we wonder why God's not moving. I'm so glad my wife isn't like, it's my birthday month, month. Every day I'm celebrating me, 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 can I just tell you? Every birthday you have, you should celebrate because it's a landmark for your life that God has. And we do, we celebrate. But can I just tell you, every birthday, you should lift up your hands to God and thank him for the life that he gave you because the breath that he gave you is his. And then we wonder why, man, I feel, you know, I feel anxiety, feel me, 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 me. You know what you have to do with your flesh? That's why Paul says, I crucify my flesh. I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. And it's amazing because we had like the best birthday weekend. It was amazing, but it was tiring. But you know what? My spirit is alive. I feel full today. Can I hear a good amen today? I came to disrupt you a little bit today because you know what? January is almost over. And I feel like we're still in holidayitis. It's time to launch out and do what God's calling us to do. Can I hear a good amen today? So, what was Jesus doing? He was prioritizing God's will for his life. And Jesus is saying, doing God's will is so fulfilling and satisfying that physical appetites become secondary. Listen, how did Jesus do this? Watch, by doing the will of God, what was he doing? He was meeting the needs of others when he had needs too. Jesus had to eat. He was in a physical body. But you know what? He put his needs aside to fill somebody else up spiritually. To fill somebody else up spiritually. This woman was hungry spiritually, so she tried to satisfy that hunger physically. Listen. She couldn't control her appetite for longing for men, but Jesus, by doing the will of God, uh, the will of his father overcame his physical appetites by being satisfied by listening, by doing and being moved by the Holy Spirit. I'll go to Samaria. It's tough there. We'll break through, but you know what? It's so satisfying. Why? Because he had passion. Why? Because he was living for purpose. He was living for purpose. See, I think Our misconception about passion is that passion is an emotion first and then a choice. So we sit around going, okay, I'm gonna wait for passion. I'm gonna wait for the feelings, I'm gonna wait for the emotions. I love I was getting up this morning, my 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 head wasn't working because I was was tired. That's all right. We're getting up. We're going to church, we're going to the house of God. You hear that body? That's what we're doing. And I'm as passionate as ever. Why? Because I made a decision. But I think what we're doing is we're we're, we're sitting around, we're going like this. Okay. Where's the passion? Let me look at the weather. Passion's coming today. Here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, that was so good. Here it comes. Right? That's why we have so many divorces, because people are waiting for passion in their marriage. Passion is a choice, ladies and gentlemen. I am so passionate about my wife because I choose to look at her every day. I choose to touch her every day. Come on, somebody. Even when she comes home from work, she's like, Ew, I'm just do feel. I don't care how you feel. I'm gonna hug you and I'm gonna kiss you right on the lips." This whole, you know, we got a plan. And, you know, gotta have a date night. And why don't you take advantage of the time you have right when you're in your house and lean over and grab her and say, "I love you." Do I feel it all the time? No, but after I kiss her, I feel it. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I want to help you. I really do. Because we have people, I'm just waiting. Don't wait. Decide. Decide. Why oh, I have foam, fear of what's, you know, what, uh, fear of missing out. What about missing out on everything that God has for you? Last this Last two weeks, change the trajectory of our life. I couldn't do that by ourselves. Couldn't plan it, couldn't pay for it. God did it just by honoring him. And we had a great time. Can I just tell you, it's fulfilling. I want a passionate church. Can I hear a good amen today? So the purpose fuels passion. I want you to think about this. You don't have to answer. I hope you walk, I'm asking you this question. Are you fulfilling God's purpose in your life? If not, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Because that was the reason why you were created. Listen, my church family, your purpose is the why behind you being here today. It's the reason why. And if you don't understand your why, then what? is going on around you won't make sense. And here's the reality. God knew that the world needed what he invested to you today. My church family, you are strategically placed here. You were planned for this moment. Everybody look at me. Moses had his time. Esther had her time. Paul had their time. And ladies and gentlemen, they are passing the baton to us. And today that baton we are taking, and what are we gonna do with it? The Bible says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, all of those who ran before us. Now they put it into our hands. And Esther said this, he said, you are called into the kingdom for such a time as this for your life to have a great impact in this world. But that only comes from fulfilling the purpose that God has for your life. And God's plan and his purposes always go together. See, I say this because I've dealt with people so long. They, they'll come and they'll say, I need to know God's plan. Okay, well, let me just tell you something. If you want to know his plan, his plan's always going to go along with his purpose. So if you don't want to fulfill his purpose, don't worry about the plan. Just stay stuck because every time where God leads you, it's always gonna lead you in alignment with what he has for you. So if you're not interested in living for him and living out his purposes, why even ask for his plan? Well, I just need to get out of this mess. Oh, there it is, I got it. Will he help you? Yeah, he helps people. But you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if you get into another mess. Why? Because anything that does not fulfill its purpose and its use will be abused. And so you're purposed for this moment. I really see myself as a historical figure today, an historical biblical figure that God has passed the baton to us and said, Phil, now it's your time, run your race. How do you see yourself? You know, most people, this is their goal. Work and retire. Wow, what a great goal. You know, I was coming down my stairs and uh, I heard a voice. Hey, why don't you just quit? You have enough equity in your house. Why don't you sell your house and move to Idaho and eat some potatoes? Hmm. Gas is cheaper. You could retire. I was telling my wife, I could. 52, I've seen things that people have never seen. I could say, my time is done. 52, let's just go to Idaho. You know anything about Idaho? I don't know anything, but it's not California. Let's just move out. Let's live the easy life. Really? And that's it. And you know what they found? That people, when they retire, if they're not doing something, usually they decline physically, mentally. Right? My she's a nurse practitioner. You start to decline, man. Why? Because you lose purpose. But now I've realized. Why we're here in California? Because there's a saying that says, so goes California, so goes the nation. And so God is calling people to be catalysts in California because God cares about families here. He cares about the city here and he cares about the nation. And there is a revival starting to happen in California. Some of the greatest revivals that ever happened happen in California. Yeah. And it started here, and it moved throughout America. So I said, oh, okay, that's why I can't move to Idaho and eat potatoes. Because you know why? God is calling me at 52 years old and empowering me now to stir some people up. Not everybody, because not everybody wants to do this. Some more people just gravitate towards, I just want to go. Hey, God bless you. I hope everything works out for you. But there is a movement that is starting for people who say, I want to live my life on purpose. I want to live my life full of passion. And you know what? I want to live in God's plan for my life. I want to hit the mark. Like Paul said, I finished my race. When do you die? You die when you finish your race. You don't quit when you're tired. You quit when you're done. You have enough time to sleep when you're in heaven. Now's the time. Come on, somebody. Now's the time to do something. There are people who are dying and will not go to heaven. Where's the church? Where are we? Not at this church. We're going to have a passionate church, passionate about the presence of God passionate about seeing him move, passionate about miracles when people walking in the church and leaving, and they don't leave the same way. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on. All right. I got two people to stand with us. That's enough. Joshua and Caleb rocked the whole million people. But now it's your time. You were planned for this purpose. Jeremiah 5, 1, 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved you, and I made you a chosen instrument, say, I'm chosen. And before you were born, I separated and I set you apart and consecrated you and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God always begins with the end in mind. I want to close with this. Your purpose originated with God, not you. I want to say that again. I just feel my purpose. No, you don't make up your own purpose. That's like my Jeep saying, today I'm a Lamborghini. It doesn't work that way. Today I'm a boat. No, it doesn't work that way. If my Jeep thinks it's a boat and it drives off the pier over in San Diego, it will sink. Nothing against Jeep. I like Jeep. But it's not its purpose. And so what I'm telling you today is that when I come to God, he's the one that created me. And think about this just for a minute. He could have put you at any time in history, but yet today he puts you here right now in January of 2024, because he knew that what he invested inside of you, this world needs. Can I hear a good amen? And so because people don't live out their purpose, they become a discounted version of themselves compared to what God wanted them to be. Psalms 139 says this, for you created my Innermost being, you knit me together my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully means to revere in all. Do you ever look at your life and regard yourself the way God sees you? Because he sees you in fear and awe. But you know what we do? Because we look at other people, what other people are doing. We discount ourselves. So we put ourselves on the discount rack and then we wonder why things aren't working out. When God looks at you, he says, what I put in you is so valuable. It's like all." Are you gonna live in that all for your life? My church family, listen, it is possible. I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. Purposes and plans and passions always are partnering together, all of them. You have no passion, you need to get back to purpose. Now listen. This is what made these men and women that we read about so amazing. The hearers of the faith, their passion overcame their fear. What do you do with somebody who's not afraid to die? What do you do with three Hebrew boys who say, we will not bow, put us in the furnace. Okay, we're gonna give you one more opportunity, play the music, we won't bow because their passion, they knew their purpose. We have to make a stand. And when they got in the fire, they were more on fire for God than the heat was around them. The Bible says that the people that threw them in died. And the Bible says that when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got out of the fire, they didn't even smell like smoke. What do you do with passionate people? This is why passionate people are so dangerous. What do you do with a guy like Daniel says, I know the purpose of prayer. You can say, I can't pray, but I'm going to pray three times a day day. All right, you're going in the lion's den. Well, then put me in the lion's den and you fall asleep with lions. Why? Because passionate people are incredible. They're effective. They're unstoppable. And Jesus, Jesus, look up passion in your dictionary. You know what it says? Jesus is suffering. His suffering for his purpose, you and I. Jesus stands before Pilate to decide whether he's gonna live or die. What do you do with someone who's not afraid to die? And he says this. Pilate says, Are you a king? He says, John 18, 37, he says, rightly so you yeah, am, my king. Watch this. For this cause I was born. For this cause I have come into the world. Jesus says, This cause actually birthed my life. Can I ask you, what is your cause? What is the cause that birthed you? Now this is important because he was so filled with purpose that he had passion as a result. What kind of passion? The kind of passion that will break through any type of pain. Jesus' passion had him endure the cross. He felt everything that they did. Do you know that they, he said, I thirst, and they gave him some vinegar? that vinegar would help him to dull the pain, he said, I will not dull the pain. I want to feel every single ounce of pain because the people need to know that I understand how they feel. But you know what got him beyond the pain? His passion. And until you have passion beyond your pain, you will never do anything significant for God. And I know I'm not talking about people that will, oh, have passion beyond your pain. And you know, hey, Pastor Phil, you know, what do you do with someone who's, you know, not afraid of dying? I'm talking about people in this generation. You know what your biggest fear is? I don't want to be tired. Really? just don't want to be tired, okay? Live your life. Passionate people push beyond pain. How did Jesus do it? It says, for the joy set before him he endured the greatest pain of humanity. Why? Because he kept his purpose in line of sight. He focused on the finish line that gave him passion enough to push through any pain. Hebrews 12.2. This is the example in the passion because his heart was focused on the joy. What is that? The purpose of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. And now he sits exalted at the right hand of the father. You know, I had a, a couple tell me yes last week, they live an hour from the church. They said, I said, hey, I know you guys moved. You're an hour from the church. What, what are you doing here? They said, once a month we're coming. Once a month we're coming. I said that's passion. I know people who live seven minutes from here, and I see them every six weeks. And it's not because they work. It's just oh yeah yeah we, you know we were out great. Go live your best life. But I know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's passion. There's a girl that came to me last Sunday and gave me an envelope. She says here's fifty bucks. She said this week I went around grabbing recyclable bottles, because I want to give to the building. That's passion. I can't give anything. Go get some recyclables. Go through your closet and see how many clothes you don't wear that are still there from four years ago. Take them down to the, I just don't, eh, 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 eh. all right. God is going to bless her socks off. That's passion. I didn't ask her to do that. She did it. And she put on her Instagram, hey, support Passion Life Church for their new building. Here's what I'm doing. I'm getting all of my recyclables. And praise God for somebody like that. I'm here to stir you up today. I'm here to break us out of our sleep today to say God wants us to be on fire and passionate for God. Can I hear a good amen today? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.